Hello, thank you for joining LDC DON Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing, APACN. I'm your host, Amy Stewart, Chief Nursing Officer for APACN. I am here today with dietitian Anna Sherman from RD Nutrition Consultants. Anna joins us to discuss the registered dietitian's role as a key member of the interdisciplinary team and how the Director of Nursing Services, or DNS, can collaborate with the dietitian to improve resident and facility outcomes. Welcome, Anna. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive right in. It's common knowledge that the dietitian's main role is to promote nutrition for residents. But can you discuss a few areas that our listeners may not realize regarding how malnutrition affects residents? I would be delighted to. So one first part is despite like an ongoing debate, there is still no universally accepted definition of malnutrition. And so this creates a problem and, you know, so a couple, four leading clinical nutrition societies started a consensus process in order to develop criteria for malnutrition, because right now the current ICD-10 codes for malnutrition include marasmus and kwashiorkor, which do not really work well in developed countries. The result kind of of this meeting of the minds on malnutrition came up with some different criteria for the diagnosis of malnutrition. And so the first criteria, they're considered more physiologic. And when I think about physiologic, I think of things that we can measure. And so we measure weight. And so, you know, for diagnosis of malnutrition, weight loss, and there's specifics of it. And then the specifics are greater than 5% within the past 30 days and greater than 10% over the last 180 days. Low BMI, which for me was kind of surprising. So our goal for our residents, those of us working in long-term care, over the age of 70, our goal is to have their BMI greater than 20. And the other physiologic diagnosis criteria is reduced muscle mass. And so you may see your dietitians doing skin fold or midarm circumference measurements. Another one used sometimes is calf circumference. The other aspect of this too, and so there's physiologic criteria and then there's causation criteria. So there's the causation criteria, reduced food intake, any chronic GI condition that can adversely impact food absorption. So when I think of that, I think of diarrhea, I think of colitis. And then the third causation criteria is just inflammation. And so that can be like an acute disease, an acute injury, maybe a fall, a hip replacement, or a chronic disease. And so the diagnosis of malnutrition is based upon the presence of at least one of those measurable physiologic criteria and one causation criterion. Anna, that's really helpful information for our listeners because a lot of those things that you just mentioned, especially the causation, we see in almost every resident that is admitted these days. So thank you for that. What ways can the dietitian and the director of nursing services collaborate to improve resident quality of life? This question is such a good, good question. 
So ways that we can collaborate to improve the quality of life of our residents. For me, I have found most dietitians are not in-house every day. And I rely heavily on the nursing assessments, progress notes, documentation to gather my information to do my assessments. For example, I look at the admission nursing B2s, and I know that that can be called different things, but it's the very first assessment that a nurse does when that resident enters the building. And it includes so much information. It goes through every body system. And specifically, I look at dentition, the diet information, the meal intake, the skin status, documentation of edema, their bowel habits, their functional status, their mobility. Also, this specific nursing assessment includes some of the questions that what MNA, which is actually a short acronym for something called the mini nutritional assessment, it really allows me as a dietitian to get the information I need in order for me to make the most accurate assessment. So I would say collaboration, documentation is a huge way. I feel like as team members, we can communicate to each other what's going on with the resident. And then also the door swings both ways. So as a dietitian, I need to document the best I can with my assessments and my recommendations also. So I guess that's one way. I have a couple other suggestions as well. When I think of another way that we can collaborate, it would be communication. In the practice, I've been a dietitian for quite a while, and I've been humbled many times when I think I know what's going on with a resident only to find out that I'm not even close. And so nursing caretakers know what's going on with the resident. And I have found that if they don't, they can call the previous caretaker and they'll know what happened or what's going on. As a dietitian, I can come up with every recommendation and intervention under the sun, you know, for somebody who's losing weight, who has been diagnosed with malnutrition, who maybe fits one of those criteria, right? Maybe they're dinging on one of the physiologic criteria, but yet, you know, not quite hitting the causation or vice versa. And so if you guys are able to identify something like that and communicate that, say, hey, I'm really worried about Mr. M, he seems to be not eating as much and he's more confused. And so when I go to make a recommendation, a lot of the times I will go and ask the nurse and be like, what do you think would work? You know, or even the dietary manager, you guys know these people so well, you know, you take care of them, you know, their likes and dislikes. And so I will try to ask them what they feel is the best approach, because usually that's the most successful, frankly. I guess the third way, and I mentioned this as another way for collaboration, education. So finding ways to educate each other. National Nutrition Month is in March. As a dietitian, I've given lectures on various topics to different staff at the different facilities that I've worked at. And I learn just as much from them as they do maybe from me. But I feel like that can also kind of bridge and create some collaboration as well. 
Next, let's talk about QAPI. What's the dietitian's role in the Quality Assurance and Performance Improvement, or QAPI, program? So QAPI for me, when I've attended this meeting, my role was to report any significant weight changes and the interventions implemented. It also allowed me to bring any concerns to the team about different nutrition topics, such as You know, if we're having issues getting monthly weights, if people are saying that they're not receiving the supplements or you guys have gotten some feedback from the residents about menu changes, they don't like certain foods or and then also doing staff and services. Overall, the other part of it, too, if there's been a plan of correction We will also kind of report the status on that as well, like if there's been an issue with the temperature of the food or like I mentioned, menu changes, you know, then we kind of report the status on that. I feel like as a dietitian, I work pretty closely with the dietary manager. And so sometimes they would attend the meeting. But as a dietitian, I typically would talk about significant weight changes and interventions that were made with that previous month or two months before that meeting. Thank you for that. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners today? I find tips and new things coming out very interesting. And so there were two things that I found that I felt like maybe touched on some of the things we discussed earlier One specifically, the World Health Organization has declared healthy aging a priority of its work on aging between 2016 and 2030, which I find is great because we've always been on board with that. So the aim of the program is to enable older persons to develop and maintain functional ability, allowing them to be healthy and partake in society. So Every five years or so, they come out with their initiatives. And so their goal is to focus and try to prioritize keeping our aging population healthy and functional. One other interesting tip, when we were talking about the diagnosis of malnutrition and I mentioned inflammation being one of the causation criteria, And so chronic inflammation, I mentioned, can be related to disease, like chronic disease. And studies are finding that as you age, aging in general is accompanied by slightly but chronically elevated inflammation levels. And I found this term kind of interesting where they called it inflammaging. And so this is nutritionally related, but also can impact some of the hard work that we're doing inside our facilities because they have found that individuals with inflammation, even with nutrition interventions, may not respond quite as well because of the inflammation. And so trying to find a way to calm the inflammation may actually help to help them gain weight or improve their wound healing or give them more strength because you're building muscle. So I just felt like that was kind of an interesting tool, but also something to keep in mind because I feel like as practitioners, you know, we're like, gosh, we're pushing nutrition or, you know, we're doing their wound care and they're taking their vitamins and we're helping them eat. And sometimes it can be frustrating because 
maybe, you know, they're still declining or, you know, they're not gaining the strength we want and their wound isn't necessarily healing as well as we would like it to. And so there can be that underlying cause of inflammation that could definitely put a hiccup in that. Anna, thank you for your time today. We appreciate all of the knowledge that you've shared with our listeners. Amy, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share my expertise with your listeners. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. For more resources and tools for nurse leaders, please visit our website at www.aapacn.org. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the LTC DON Chat Podcast.